Hey, Lowell, it's been a while. I haven't talked to you in a while. Hope you're doing well. You know, what's new? Well, the reason why I'm calling is I have this buyer named, you know, Jessica, and she and her husband just cannot find a house in the range that they're looking for. And obviously, I know you bought the house three years ago. You're probably not ready to move, are you? Last week in the staff meeting, we had a discussion. We had an agent who had a buyer who had made eight offers, Mm -hmm. all of which were not accepted. And she said, can anybody give me some suggestions on what to do, how to handle this, what to make, how to make my buyer be more appealing or to get them in a better position to have success? Mm -hmm. And it's a great question. I think a lot of people are dealing with this right now where they have multiple buyer offers getting rejected for one reason or another. Right. So we went through it for most of the meeting. It was a pretty good conversation. Yeah. One of the things we asked was, well, what is their financing type? Right. Because okay, that's the first thing you can look at. And she said, well, she's a 5% conventional. And I said, okay, well, it's better than being an FHA or a VA or an RD yeah. buyer. But it's still not as attractive, obviously, as a cash offer. Right. And not as attractive as a 10 or a 20% conventional buyer. Right. So one of the first things I said was, do we have any family members that can help us? Mm-hmm. And a lot of agents don't think about that. They don't think to ask that question. Mm-hmm. They just look at the profile that they get from the lender on what the borrower's capabilities are. And they never have any discussion about, hey, do we have any buyers? Do we have any family members, rich uncles or anything that can help us out? Right. Because if you can be a cash buyer, you're a better buyer. If you can be a 20 or a 30% down buyer, you're a better buyer than a 5% buyer. Right. Either way, though, regardless of what you are, she has to make higher price offers. Right. That was one of the things that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. I said, look, you just have to make higher offers. And she says, well, because I asked her, she says, we're coming in second place a lot. And I'm saying, if you're coming in second place, you're not offering enough because you're second, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to be more aggressive on price. Obviously, that's not easy advice to give to a buyer. No, it's not. But when you're 0 for 8, it means you're not offering enough. Right. So it's not the worst advice in the world. It's not like her offers are the highest price offers. They're just terms aren't good enough. They're not mm-hmm. the highest offer. So first and foremost, agents, when you're advising a buyer who's struggling to get an offer accepted, you have to offer more next time. Mm-hmm. You have to be more aggressive and they have to be okay with that. Right. If they're not okay with that, don't force them to be. But understand, if they're not okay with offering more than they're, than they're used to offering, they're not going to win mm-hmm. because that's the environment in which they're buying a house. Right. Whether they like it or not. Other things that you can do to make your buyer's offer more appealing is to eliminate or reduce the inspection periods. Everything I see online says, don't do that. That's crazy. Do not remove your inspection. Well, you know what? There are ways to do that that are still safe. Right. Let me give you an example. There are inspectors out there that will do on-site inspections during your showings. Okay? Mm-hmm. If you see a house that you love and you want to buy it, right. but you know or you think that your offer will not be expect, you know, accepted if it has an inspection contingency, right. make an investment, find an inspector. Sometimes they'll do it at a discount. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they'll do a limited inspection, major mechanicals only. So yep. they don't do every little nook and cranny, but they look at the foundation, the roof, the attic, the yeah. crawl space, you know, the furnace, the water heater, all the major things that could hurt you. And they check those on the spot while you're there. Okay. You pay them a hundred bucks, 200 bucks, whatever it is. And now you're comfortable with the condition of the property. Right. You can make an offer that has no inspection contingency. Right. That's a way that you can help your buyer to be more attractive when they're losing out. It's more of an FYI inspection than anything. It's a, uh, it's a pre-inspection. It's a, yeah. it's, you, well, you, first of all, I mean, you could do a full comprehensive thorough inspection, but I don't think you need to because mm-hmm. the difference between the major mechanical stuff and the major big ticket items mm-hmm. 
and the little stuff yeah. is, is marginal. You don't need to worry about the little yeah. things. You know, when you're buying a house, it's not perfect. And you're not going to not buy a house because the light bulb doesn't work. Right. Or because a smoke detector is out. But you might not buy a house because it's, because it has a major foundation problem exactly. that you didn't know about. So if you can have an inspector look at that while you're doing the showing mm-hmm. and tell you, hey, Lowell, this looks good. Foundation solid. Roof is solid. The, the, the attic has no mold or moisture. It's got good ventilation in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I checked out the furnace. It's about 15 years old, but you probably got a couple years left. You're probably good there. You know, I looked at this and this and this. I ran the plumbing. I, I flushed all the toilets. I ran all the, you know, the shower heads. Yeah. All the major stuff looks good. I think you're in good shape here. Okay. If you have that level of peace of mind, mm-hmm. then when, if you bought the house and you were the accepted offer and you didn't have an inspection, then you closed on it and you realized, oh no, you know, the closet door is off the hinge. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. You're buying a house. You're trying to fight. You're, you're in a battle. Yeah. Okay. Buyers and buyers, and more importantly, the modern agent representing the buyer need to get a little bit less sensitive about condition right now. And they need to be more concerned with winning the deal. So that's a little bit of tough love and hard advice, but it's true because if you're writing offers for your buyer that have inspection contingencies eight times in a row and they're all rejected, you're not protecting your buyer. Yeah. You're precluding your buyer from their objective. Mm -hmm. So I really like this pre-inspection idea to minimize the systematic concerns about the condition of the property before the offer is even made. Mm -hmm. Yes. You have to pay out of pocket to do that. But you know what? If you're looking at a 200 or $250,000 house, make the hundred or $200 investment. Yeah. And if you, if you don't get the offer accepted, yeah, you lost that. It's some cost. But you know what? That's the cost of, of buying a house right now. Exactly. You got to be a big boy, a big girl. You got to grow up and you got to make that investment. Same sometimes take that risk up front. Another strategy for helping your buyer get an accepted offer when they're 0 for 8. Mm-hmm. You ready? Find them a house. Find them a house. Stop looking at the MLS. Start looking at your phone book. Right. Get on the phone. This is very hard to hear. Everybody tunes me out. But when you're in a situation. It's a scary thing to do. Oh, come on. But listen, it's your job. Right. Your job as a buyer's agent is to procure listings and find listings for your buyer to buy. Now, you do that 99% of the time by looking at the MLS like they do. Mm -hmm. But Lowell, your job as a buyer's agent is to get on the phone Mm -hmm. and call people until you find a house that your buyer can buy. There's a bunch of ways to do it. There's high risk ways and there's low risk ways and there's high stress ways and low stress ways. Let me give you some examples. You can call your friends uh-huh. and say, hey, Lowell, I got a buyer looking for a house just like yours. Have you ever thought about selling it? And I say, no, you know, I don't want to sell it. And you say, no problem. Can you think of anybody on your street? Right. And from the, you know, the, you know, the neighborhood parties, anybody, you know, down the road that might possibly want to sell a house because I got a great buyer they just can't find anything and I'm really struggling to help them and I really need to come up with some creative ideas. Yeah. That's not that hard to do. You could call 10 friends like that. Mm-hmm. They have houses in range in an area that they that might work for this buyer. Mm-hmm. You can call for sale by owners. You can call expired listings. Nobody wants to do any of that. But you can just call people. Mm-hmm. You can knock on a door and say, hey, this is crazy. I'm sorry to bother you, but I'm desperate. I have a buyer looking to buy a house or a great qualified motivated buyer and we just can't find anything like this. Right. Have you ever thought about selling your house? I can get you a top dollar offer with no hassle. And they're going to say no 90% of the time. But then you ask them again and say, hey, can you think of anybody else down the street? Or mm-hmm. you know, do you know anybody in your family? Any friends or family members or coworkers or aunts or uncles or nieces or nephews or anything that might consider selling the house if they got a great offer? 
if you say that to enough people, you'll get a lead. Right. Okay. If you get an, if you do enough of that action, you're going to get a lead. The nice thing about this particular prospecting technique is it's real. It's authentic. Mm-hmm. You have a buyer. Yeah. You're not pretending like you have a buyer. You have a buyer. Right. The other nice thing about it is if you find a listing that w- that's willing to go for it, guess what? You're going to get both sides of that sale. Yeah. And guess what? Your buyer's going to get it. Yeah. Because they're going to be ready and they're, they're not going to have to compete with everybody because mm-hmm. it's going to be a done deal and the seller's going to love it because they don't have to worry about all the problems. It's done real quick. Mm-hmm. They're happy. They get top dollar. Everything's great. Yeah. That is something that you can and you should be doing. Now, look, when I had this conversation at the staff meeting, everybody glazes over. And I understand that mm-hmm. because it's very, very difficult thing to do. Nobody wants to be aggressive in their prospecting right. because there's so much rejection and so much failure and so much right. you know, hesitation. But modern agents, we got to grow up. You have got to grow up. There's wars being fought right now. People are dying. People are running away from their family, you know, their houses and they're looking for water. Mm-hmm. You can make a freaking cold call. Yeah. All right. We have to be a little bit tougher. And I don't mean to sound you know, hostile when I say that, but I'm trying to motivate you to understand that with the inventory like it is right, and the competition like it is and the imbalance between supply and demand like it is, if you want to make a living as a buyer's agent, you have got to learn how to prospect for, for listings. And, and think about it too, if, 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 it, if that goes on too much longer as far as, you know, deals getting rejected, you're going to lose, potentially lose a client. They're going to give up. Exactly. If you can't get an offer accepted for a buyer, they're eventually going to stop wanting to buy. The, the depression, the, the sadness, the rejection, the failure is going to be so big that they're not going to want to keep going. And you look at it this way too. If you find them a house, say if you just it, either be a cold call or you get a lead from somewhere else, they get that house, you look like a superhero to them. Raving fan forever when you find them a house off market. Yeah. For both the buyer and that seller, yeah. by the way. And I just think it's a great way. And I was saying, the other thing I said was, you know what? You can leverage your pop bot, your, your, your reach outs with mm-hmm. your database with this prospecting action. Yeah. It's a great way to kill two birds with one stone. Hey, Lowell, it's been a while. I haven't talked to you in a while. Hope you're doing well. You know, what's new? Well, the reason why I'm calling is I have this buyer named, you know, Jessica and she and her husband just cannot find a house mm-hmm. in the range that they're looking for. And obviously I know you bought the house three years ago. You're probably not ready to move, are you? Because if you are, I got a great buyer. No, I'm not. I hey, no, no worries. Can you think of anybody down the street? You know, if you'd run into anybody down at the park with the kids mm-hmm. that have mentioned maybe wanting to sell. No, no, no. I haven't heard. Okay, no problem. Can you do me a favor, Lowell? Can you call me if you run into anybody thinking about selling a house anywhere near this price range? Can you remember to call me? Because I got a great buyer who would do a great job. Yeah. That level of action, three layers of, of depth will get you something. Yeah. Another less risky, less, you know, less costly way to do this is to network more with agents. Mm-hmm. You'll notice you remember this mm-hmm. when, when this conversation came up, I immediately connected that buyer with another listing that we had been talking about. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And that's a good way to generate a potential for an off market sale for your mm-hmm. buyer is to network with agents with upcoming listings. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously in this market, most sellers want to go on the market. They don't want to be off market. They don't want to yeah. sell coming soon or pre-market or any of that stuff, but sometimes they do. Yeah. Some sellers for one reason or another, they do. Everyone's situation is different. And you don't know that unless you ask. Exactly. And you, there are things you can do to motivate a seller to stay off the market when you're a buyer that, that still are in the seller's best interest. Mm-hmm. You can offer a ridiculous price. You can offer really you know, good terms. You can offer simplicity, ease, no showings, yeah. no preparation, sell as is, no cleanup, no repairs, yeah. no nothing. There are a lot of ways to motivate a seller to sell the house as is, 
And I'm not talking about taking a price hit necessarily. Right. I'm talking about just motivating them to agree to do it. Right. Okay. But you don't have those opportunities unless you find those leads and those leads can come from networking with other agents. Absolutely. So that's another thing that you can do when your buyer is over eight. Mm -hmm. Okay. But in conclusion here, what it really comes down to is really, really thoughtful, targeted, pinpoint, laser focused yeah. action. You've got to take proactive action on behalf of your buyer to, to think outside the box, to find them a listing. And by the way, that's good for you because it will create listing leads for you, top of mind awareness for you, and it'll be good for your business because you'll be talking and networking with more people. And that's what creates that motion, creates that emotion. And that's mm -hmm. where, that's where you get the lucky deals and the luck and the luck comes from. Go get them. Go get them.